Hi, and welcome to PowerNap. My name is John Walden, and I run the Walden Agency, serving providers of B2B professional services with strategy and lead generation. On the pod, we'll be exploring a range of topics relevant to freelancers, agencies, and entrepreneurs in the tech and creative spaces. Today on the pod, we're talking with Lori Stretch of Stretch Communication. Lori is a senior communications leader with over 25 years of agency, corporate, nonprofit, and government experience. Lori has specialized expertise in the energy sector and interest in public policy issues and urban development. Before launching her own business, Lori led the Calgary office of Edelman, the world's largest PR agency. She also spent five years as a vice president with National Public Relations. Lori, hi, welcome to PowerNap. Thanks, John. Happy to be here. Uh, so we were just chatting like, like mad prior to the show, and I threatened to put some of that into the show itself, but I wanted to take a moment and, and kind of just talk about, um, you know, where you are right now. Um, you know, you've been, uh, you know, in, in the conversations we've had, you've been on this journey that looked very corporate at the beginning. Mm, oh yeah. and, and now you're, you're living a different dream. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, <laughs> I did have a very corporate life for a time. Um, I have always been a person who follows interest more so than I am making a career path. It's, this is really interesting. I fell into this. I'm going to do this for a while. I'm a political scientist by trade. I'm not a business person or a professional. What I do is public relations, but I'm not, that wasn't my formal education. I have an MA in political science. Um, and, uh, and so the corporate work, I ended up, uh, Moving to Calgary, it's not my hometown, but Calgary is uh, is an energy center. The Canadian uh, oil and gas industry is is centered here, and I had a strong interest in that industry because of an interest in environmental issues, actually. And so I I did go hunting for work in that industry because of my interest in that issue set. Um, that led me to a corporate career of of many years before went to a, a PR agency because I was sort of recruited there and, and someone who knows me quite well said, oh, you would be a very good consultant. And I thought, what do I know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and so went, went to a consulting agency and discovered that she was right. I, I am a good consultant. I like giving advice. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I, like, I like helping people. I really like the strategic council aspect of consulting. Um, when I... Uh, and I went from that agency to a leader, an agency leadership role. So Edelman is a big international agency. Um, they were sort of growing just past startup in Calgary. And I took over there and, uh, and I loved consulting. I did not love agency leadership in a big global agency. That's a high pressure gig. Um, and there's, we can get into that if you like, but our focus is on agency of one. So why agency of one? because after I left Edelman, which was not my choice, so that's another thing I'm happy to, to talk about, um, then it was a, well, now what? I've done corporate. <laughs> I had done some government way back at the beginning of my career. Um, I have worked for not-for-profits as a consultant enough to know that not-for-profit was not really, that wasn't, wasn't a great interest. So now what? And so I, I hung out my own shingle. I sort of did the, the bit of work that's required to set oneself up as an independent business, which is surprisingly little work, by the way. It's very easy to hang out your own shingle. Um, yeah. And thought, I'll give this a go for a while, see if I can pull it off. I didn't have a lot of self-confidence that I could. And lo and behold, it's been great. It's been 
easier than I thought. It's at this stage of my career, it's easy to, to, um, to bring in work, to bring in the kind of work that I want, to find partners, to find uh, um, not employees, because I don't hire anybody and I don't intend to hire anybody on salary, but I can, um, I can partner and, and outsource parts of projects and run truly an agency of one um, without the pressures of big agency leadership and with all the satisfaction of that direct client contact and doing really interesting work because I do projects that I pick rather than um, doing what comes to the big agency. Right, right. And how long ago was that shift? Four years and a bit now. Four years and a bit. And so you'd never look back. No, no, I do get, uh, as you and I have talked about a bit, I get calls from headhunters pretty regularly. Um, uh -huh. Calgary's not that big a town and, and, you know, as a consultant, you build a really wide network. So I have a wide network in, in the city. I get a lot of calls. I have looked at a couple of them, but no, I haven't gotten very serious because it's too, what I'm, I'm enjoying what I do now too much and it gives me fantastic flexibility. So I'm not very tempted by the headhunter calls. <laughs> Good. Good. So um, let's talk, I mean, a little bit about the difference between, you know, what we're calling agency of one um, or a sole proprietorship, solopreneur, there's lots of different labels. And this whole thing of the gig worker, this the freelancer. Yeah. And did you do any freelancing as you were doing this? And do you see there as a distinction there? Or look, what is your thoughts about that? Yeah, I didn't appreciate the distinction until I was doing it myself. I was sort of thinking of myself as as solopreneur. I, like that phrase agency of one as is, is new to me since starting my own business. I didn't kind of fancy myself that way. However, now I do draw a distinction. When I started my own shop, the only thing that, well, there were many things that worried me. One of them was no longer having my staff, my team. Uh, so I didn't have graphic design at my elbow and someone who could run a Facebook ad campaign and someone who could do all the spreadsheet work. Cause I hate the you know, project management budget tracking spreadsheet stuff. I hate that. <laughs> um, all the pieces that I don't like to do, I always had a team around me and, and I thought, Oh, where am I going to get this team? Um, and so I, I didn't like, thinking of myself as an agency, I didn't realize how easy it would be to contract out all those pieces, that there are mm. freelancers who do one thing and mm. do it very, very well and are happy to do it for lots of different clients at a time. Um, so I think that the reason I don't describe myself as a freelancer is because I can't say what I do in two or three words. I mean, if you said, well, give me one word, I'd say strategist. Well, that's lame. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, in a, in a cocktail party, oh, yes, yeah, so hire me. I'm a strategist. It's whereas <laughs> if you're a graphic designer, say, that's a much easier. Uh -huh. thing to describe. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah, that's funny. I don't know if you're uh, um, aware of, you know, or, or tuned into what's this Clubhouse app. Mm, familiar with it. I have not joined. I have been invited, yeah. but I'm a little reluctant. Uh, jump in. I mean, what the heck? Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's it, the more good voices there are there, the better the whole thing will be. Um, mm. It's my opinion, um, because there's a lot of voices. It's, um, but I was listening in on conversations around uh, freelancing in the designer, you know, creative space. Mm. Uh, some of the conversations led by Chris Doe. 
And he's somebody I think who's really capitalized on the platform and is doing a great job of, of doing good work there. Uh, but there's this resistance on there. So there's on the one hand, there are people who say you have to become, you have to move upstream. You have to be more strategic. You have to, you know, build this idea of a solopreneur, the kind of thing that we actually, you know, uh, draws you and I, mm-hmm. um, and y- you could hear in the conversation, the resistance of the designers, mm. like didn't want to go there. Right. They didn't want to. And, and I see for some, there's obvious reasons for going there. But I really see, you know, and, and I've been thinking about it and you confirm it, this, the freelancer is an important um, aspect of the ecosystem. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And in, in so many different, I think I used the phrase graphic designer and that's what, what I think people fail to, re- when you think freelancer, you do think a, a technical skill on the creative side. You think photographer, you think graphic designer, you think, I don't know, illustrator. Um, because it, of the business we're in. Yeah, yeah, but I'm more on the public relations side. So copywriter, um, uh, issues management specialist, crisis management specialist. There's, there are, are aspects in the public relations field where you can you can get very specialized as well. And I think... For people considering going down this path, it's so critical to figure out what it is. You have to figure out what it is that you're good at and what it is that you love to do and what it is that people will pay for. And somewhere in that, in those three things comes your elevator pitch and, and how you're positioning yourself. Yep. And one thing about position about the strategy piece, being a strategist, is that um, if, if you are capable of doing it really well, the good news is you can charge a lot of money per hour. The bad news is it's not, it's not an hour, like writing, you know, writing a, a, a strategy will take hours and hours and, and, and be worth quite a bit of work. The client consultation that gets you there, which is kind of the critical part, isn't really very many hours. So depending how you price, if you're billing strictly by the hour and you're determined to do nothing but strategy, well, then you better set yourself up really well as an agency of one, because you better have your, your, um, your community of freelancers around you to start and, and build an, a true agency model where you're getting a bit of a markup on each of those freelancers mm-hmm. so that you can be profitable um, at, at, at literally just doing the advice. In my case, I happen to love writing up strategies. So for me, it's sort of the, the strategic council, the figuring out what we're doing, crafting the strategy, and then getting to the point of sort of putting together the team to implement. And then, and then I'm usually quite happy to, to have, have the team running with the implementation. I've realized in my case, I'm a little bit of a short attention span person. So once you're into the kind of just, just, implementing churning out the doing the work that that you planned i start to lose interest and i'm on to right. client problem right. right that's a really woolly tough problem yep that shift over towards the more like basically the doing it piece i agree with you that's the part where i'm like um who's gonna take charge of that <laughs> <laughs> like, you know i mean i find that uh i i don't charge uh, i i'm not a, i don't charge by the hour Mm-hmm. For my services, because the point at which the thing happens, the where the value is added, is a five million synapses firing in a thirty second span. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. 
there is the piece, there right? It there there's it is. The idea, right? There. Right. There's the idea. There's the thing. There's the lever. There's yeah. your hole. Whatever it is that you're that the, you're being presented with, it's like ah, and now I can say that we, you know, in order to, to fix that, here's the strategy, the piece where yeah. you write, right? Um, which I also love. I'm curious what you, you know, you had when we kind of went back and forth via email. You had some thoughts about what uh, makes, you know, what are the characteristics of uh, of somebody who's going to be successful in this? And yeah. we're just tossing it back and forth. What I mean, I, I, for me, you know, it comes down to I don't have any choice <laughs> <laughs> because. Because there's this aspect of like, I'm, I've never been in a situation where I didn't think I could do what was happening better than the person <laughs> I was working for. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I envy you that self-confidence. I am. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's filled with doubt and, you know, like, like <laughs> late night, you know. I've got that imposter syndrome going, right? I've got that someday, some, any minute now, someone's going to notice that. I have no That's idea right. what. That's right. <laughs> As I go through whiskey much faster on, on days when I take a stand. <laughs> but anyway, so that's me, you know, but, you know, I, I can't, I can't not kind of try to start my own thing. But what about you? What do you think? So, no, I am the opposite. I would never have thought of myself as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an eldest kid of two eldest kids. My dad worked for IBM his whole career. Like I had a small C conservative upbringing. You take, you know, you, you don't take on debt. You, like I just have this, and, and so entrepreneurship always seemed far too scary for me. And also I, I never, I never loved the business development, the sales cycle of my agency life. And the thought of, I, w- I was actually quite good at it, but the thought of selling just myself instead of my incredibly talented agency team was, was terribly daunting. And I just didn't, I just didn't know if I could do it. Um, so I guess, uh, so for me, it wasn't, the drive was not to be an entrepreneur. I think for people who the drive is to be an entrepreneur, then, then that's, that's easy. Just figure like, go, go, go. You'll, if that, like you can, a person who wants to run their own business can figure out a business that fits for them. Um, if it's more that you have a skill set, you you know what you love to do, and you just don't love the corporate or agency settings where you can do that, then like ask yourself what is valuable about this that I do, and and what might what is it that I'm looking for? Why am I thinking of leaving a corporate or agency setting, and maybe setting out on my own or becoming an agency of one? And if it's if it's strictly money. You might want to give that a second thought. Like a- agencies, particularly, there's no doubt there's a sweatshop and a, and a pyramid aspect there where the juniors in an agency are, are woefully underpaid and senior people do quite well, right? Um, so if you are a freelance type person, junior in an agency with a, with a good skill set, by all means go out on your own because you can, you can get the full value of, of that, of what you're worth um, rather than sort of going through that markup. But um, as, and as a freelancer. As a freelancer, yeah, like you yeah. can. So you know, in an agency model, you're typically paying people. You have to, so you build them out at about two to three times what you pay them, right? So nice. if you're in, in the individual, it's like, well, geez, they're charging me out at whatever, 150, couple hundred bucks an hour. Well, wait a minute, what are they paying me? Well, it's way less than that, right? So, um, so it feels like you can 
kind of you should be able to make piles of money on your own but don't don't overlook that you are bringing in all of your own business you're doing all of your own administration you're so i think if um money is not the right driver to go out on your own if on the other hand you are interested in if you, if you get real joy in the work that you do and you just want to do the work and you don't want to fuss with sort of corporate politics or having to you know having to please the boss, having to manage laterally, upward, downward, all at the same time, all of that sort of organizational stuff, then then, um, agency of one is wonderful because you are your own boss and Mm -hmm. and you are setting your own path. And so that freedom is is quite marvelous, Um, particularly at a certain stage in your career after you've reported to an awful lot of bosses, being your own boss is is a real joy. Um, I think too, though, to to do what you and I do, John, you need to be a very intellectually curious person. You need to be genuinely interested in your clients' problems, right? So like I'm working on, right now I'm doing an IT migration communications thing, big project. I hate IT. I have never done an IT communications migration before. When the client called though, I know that space, that client in the space, and it's an extremely complicated space. And she called and she said, I can't hire a specialist because they won't understand us. You understand us. Can you do this? Please, 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 please. And I said, God, no, I know nothing about IT, but tell you what, I'll find a specialist and partner with an IT communications specialist and we'll do it together. Um, and that's that's going just fine. I. I am learning so much. A lot of, I, it's reinforcing my view that I'll never be an IT specialist, <laughs> but I'm learning a whole bunch. And it's in the, like every field, once you dive in, it's interesting. There's a lot to learn. So if, but if you're not a person who enjoys learning stuff as, as you go along, then, then it's also not, not the space for you. Yeah. So those are a couple of the big. Yeah. Things. Curiosity is a big one. Being willing to learn a big one. Yeah. Right. So um, let's return um, to our, we have a few minutes left, I think. Let's return uh, and talk a little bit about the kind of wonky silliness we were talking about when we started, you know, before we actually started the thing. We were talking about, um, in part, I think we were talking a little bit about the, the, the kind of nuts and bolts of doing this. Mm, Yep. And, um, you know, one of the things, and, and because I'm not detail oriented in that way, yeah, I've yeah. I've really tripped myself up a couple of times by uh, uh, just jumping into a project before I had the paperwork done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You so know, there's a few like things. no, there are a few things that since I was having a conversation just just a couple of days ago with a fellow who uh, sort of seem similar stage of the career as us, but he has no agency background. He's always been. Uh, corporate communications in government and corporate settings. And now he wants to become an agency of one. And I was counseling him on it's, it's, that's, that's a tough jump because there are things you learn in an agency about the mechanics. You learn about contracting, um, about tracking your time. Um, The toughest one, I think just building budgets and, and pricing, right? So when the client says to you, well, you, you know, you're having that exciting brainstorming, we could do this, we could do that. And the client says, well, what do you think this is going to cost? Um, 
you know, <laughs> exactly. And do people, do people, some people like to build budgets bottom up. Some, like the, the woman that I went to work for in consulting originally, amazing woman here in Calgary named Beth Diamond, bit of a legend in the field. Beth was incredible for sort of saying that, you know, there'd be the big discussion with the client and they'd say, well, how much would it cost? And Beth would say, yeah, oh, probably about a quarter million, I figure about 250. And, and it like, and then we'd start building the bottom up budget and you know she'd be pretty bang on like her ability <laughs> to guess right. was yeah. astonishing um but sure enough I can kind of do that now like I can I can spit out a number uh because and it's just gut it's just having done a lot of these sorts of projects over the years so that's a big one is uh is budget building um contracting is a big one um uh figuring out your own capacity, right? Figuring out how many hours you have, how many hours it's going to take you in non-billable work, um, how many hours you're going to have to bill. I think people make the mistake of thinking, okay, this is, I'm going to set this billable rate. I think I'll be worth this much. Um, and then, uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll plan to work an eight hour day. So that's going to give me this much income provided I can bring in the work, not realizing that in an agency environment, nobody is ever expected to be hundred percent billable because it's not possible. Right. Um, so right. you need to sort of know what percentage of your time and that takes some feel, right? It takes some, yeah. some trial and error to figure that out. So there are, there is a lot of mechanics and, and that freelancer network, how are you going to find those freelancers? Um, John, you and I are both uh, uh, members of something called Camino, which is one of the ways to do that, right? Where we actually, we're actually, there's a subscription to, to be a member of a network that, that then gives us access to an extraordinary breadth of talent right across North America. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's various ways to do that too. Yeah, that's a, and, and thanks for reminding me about the Camino piece. That's a, an outstanding resource. Um, and, and the other piece of the puzzle there that you you kind of alluded to but didn't mention is the piece of if you're an agency of one, even if you're a freelancer to a certain extent, um, not, not all of your time can be billable. Also, not only because it's not possible physically to do it, mm -hmm. you know, like full 100% utilization, but also because you need to spend some of that time on business development. Business development, and I would say professional development too. Like you need to still be very good the paper, so to speak. I'm old, yeah. so I still actually read a physical paper. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the one person who still subscribes. <laughs> but keeping up on your field, right? And yeah. keeping up on one thing about being in a big agency is is that it, that once you leave a big agency, you need to remember that all of those skills that you have now they're evolving, right? So so you need to be keeping up on that, and you need to be having an awful lot of conversations like you and I are having right now, just like. A lot of time when when people are, um, are asking you for advice and you're asking like you need to be very generous with your time um, and and so you need to because that helps with the network that helps people say oh yeah call John he's awesome he's always so helpful right and then lo and behold clients are calling John because oh yep. John's always so helpful and John's not too quick to turn on the meter and start John's pretty good with free advice right and yep. when you have that mindset that sort of growth mindset of um, also not always taking on someone calls and says, can you do this? And in your head, you're thinking, just like I did with that IT project, you're thinking not on your life. Can I do that? I have no idea how to do that, but because consultants are a bit prone to saying, of course I can. Yes, absolutely. I can solve your problem. Um, be, be quick to send work 
to people that you know can do it better or faster than you. Because lo yeah. and behold, I guarantee that client will come back or that client will refer you to somebody else. Someone will come to you for work that's in your sweet spot because yeah. you've given away work that's not. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Network is important. Yeah. Is important. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, gosh, I, we actually have run out of time. I love this conversation. I want to have more of this conversation. So we'll probably, after we say the, the show is over, we'll probably still gab, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, John. Talk soon. Bye-bye.